What's cracking, hockey fans? Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked On Kraken. I know we had some technical difficulties yesterday, but hopefully we've got that figured out for today. I'm going to once again give you the details first and exclusively here on Locked On Kraken for the giveaway. I'm giving away one of those swanky Black History Month caps. It's already in route to me. And then once I pick a winner, I'll send that out. Um, I'll also be giving away a black rosy jersey in conjunction with the Metropolitan Riveters. You have to find out more of that information um, through um, one of my other podcasts. I'll tell you about that. But giveaways, giveaways, giveaways. And uh, we have Ann Kimmel on for our squad cast or our squid cast, because you know what? It's a Seattle Kraken game day. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. As always, thanks for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. Yesterday, I had a great session with Ann Kimmel. She's one of your co-hosts for Locked on Predators. And wouldn't you know, the Predators are in town at Climate Pledge Arena today for this Seattle Kraken game day. It's going to be exciting. So, of course, Ann and I talked a little bit about the matchups, but more so talked about the future of these two franchises. They're on a different trajectory. So it was interesting to talk about that. And also talked about uh, Kelly Yarncroke and of course, Mark Giordano. I think I teased that yesterday, but we had so many video issues that I saved it for today. So again, apologies there, but let's head over to my conversation with Ann Kimmel, one of your co-hosts of Locked on Predators. And it is always a delight to chat with you. We are now officially in the same time zone. I have been speaking. Unbelievable. I know. <laughs> we. I feel like, you know, we haven't skipped a beat very much because we were obviously doing the Olympic coverage uh, for the Locked on NHL show with Rachel Donner, who's one of the co-hosts of Locked on Flyers. But now we're back. And as I'm back into the swing, wouldn't you know, it's Nashville and the Kraken. Come on. We timed this really perfectly. I'm so glad they scheduled the Olympics around what works best for the Kraken Predators calendar. That was very thoughtful. Very thoughtful. Yes. Very good. Very good. It's also, of course, today, March 2nd, as I mentioned, second day of Women's History Month. And there's an official decree that this is Seattle Kraken Day in Seattle. So it's a big day for us. Nice. Big day for us. Lots of really cool stuff. I talked about that on yesterday's show. But, and I don't know. We've talked about it before. Can Nashville spoil the Seattle Kraken party? Um, we're going to talk about it. Let's first talk about Nashville uh, as as our guests here on, on Locked on Kraken. Now let's talk about the last handful of games. If we look over at NHL.com, you are 4-5-1, and one, the Nashville Predators, that is, in your last 10 games. Seattle Kraken, ooh, Two seven and one. We're both coming off of a one-game losing skid. Uh, but tell us, yeah. you know, looking at those numbers, uh, what's the vibe like? Uh, what have been some of the conversations you and Nick have been having about Nashville in this stretch? 
Well, you know, four, five, and one is not at all where Nashville wants to be, but I will tell you that we don't feel quite as panicked as maybe the numbers say. Nashville's coming off of a really difficult seven-game stretch where we played, you know, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Dallas Stars, and this is a really tight central division race, and so... We've had some really tough games uh, dropped more than we would have liked. We've had a hard time getting the groove back since the All-Star break. But for the most part, it's small adjustments that Nashville needs to make when they come out of these uh, losses. There have just been small adjustments that they've needed to make. They did win against the Florida Panthers, which was a huge win. They got two points against Dallas, which was a huge win. They had a great time at the stadium series on Saturday against Tampa Bay, but didn't come home with two points. So kind of coming into it on a little bit bumpy terrain, but also not the wheels haven't come off the bus. Okay. I love that for Nashville. Um, (laughs) Can't say we check all those boxes here in Seattle. (laughs) Oh, no. I know, but we do have this fabulous Black History Month uh, hat. Okay, it is fabulous. And design. It is fabulous. So for those listening, if you haven't already checked out the March 1 episode, because I will actually be doing a giveaway for one of these bad boys, and I was talking on yesterday's show where I did an outreach to Seattle Kraken fans or just hockey fans saying, like, I want to get my hands on this, but I am not in Seattle. I believe I was still in China. And wouldn't you know, bless their hearts, someone reached out. Not only did they offer to purchase this for me, as well as the hoodie, which is very soft, and they would not accept uh, any reimbursement. And they just said to pay it forward. So that's what we're doing. We're paying it forward. That is, okay, first of all, that's wonderful that you were paying it forward. And that was so thoughtful of someone to hook you up. I don't know anybody who deserves it more. But second of all, that hat is fantastic. It's so nice. It's so nice. Of it course, really is. Yeah, the colors really pop, especially on the black. It, the the colors representative of the Pan-African flag to unite a lot of the African countries. And so we talked about it on last week or yesterday's show. Excuse me. And can you tell I'm stalling a little bit here because I really don't want to get into <laughs> It's you don't want to tell me that. what's going on in Seattle? Just, Come on. I wanted, I wanted to just start on a high note. Seattle fans are the best. They truly are the best. Um, and we are excited to host the Predators tomorrow. But, like you know, we, we don't have as quite as many wins in our last 10 games. Lots of uh, tough losses where, you know, the Seattle Kraken are unfortunately just not able to sustain a lead. And that's been the MO all season. It's, um, you know, going up a goal or two and then having to really scrap it out towards the end of a game and, you know, pulling a goalie and, and having scoring an empty netter on us. And, you know, it, it's uh, the Seattle Kraken are within striking distance, but it's like I say on the show all the time, it's like dealing with teenagers, you know, you, you get you say the message. But it doesn't always it doesn't always get through. It's, it's not always as polished as you want it to be. So some of the growing pains of a of a new franchise here. Um, and so uh, we talked about it before. And the last time these two teams faced off, January twenty fifth, the Predators got that win. Um, you know, we it was a four two win for the Preds. Uh, the first game, yeah. of course, we know, and it, it's one of the firsts for the Seattle Kraken. And uh, it, it seems you're like welcome. Long, 
it's a long ways. October 14th, 2021, yeah. we get our first ever franchise win. It was a 4-3 win. So on the one hand, uh, the, the Seattle Kraken are coming in with the most recent loss. On the other hand, the series is split. So, and, you know, given the stats and just how Nashville is performing, what does, uh, what does the, the Nashville Predators team have to do in order to make sure that they do win this series, this uh, season series against the Seattle Kraken? Well, I will tell you that the Nashville Predators are a very different team now than they were in that first game. And I like to think that that was just Southern hospitality. We were so excited to meet the Seattle Kraken. Welcome to Bridgestone Arena. We'd be happy to drop a game for you um, because that's just how we roll. Here's a sweet tea and a win. Um, but we're a very different team, I think, the Nashville Predators are right now at this point in the season. It took them some time to find their groove to really kind of solidify their identity to solidify how they wanted to play and to get everybody pulling in the same direction. And I think we're seeing that now with Nashville. So I think you're going to see a very similar team to the team that beat the Kraken. I think that they are all pulling in the same direction. I think the mistakes are uh, a little bit smaller mistakes. Uh, I think it's a we're a little more challenging to play against physically as well. So I'm thinking that probably Nashville is going to be more like the Nashville of late than that very generous, kind, welcoming Nashville of October. <laughs> Oh man. So the Southern hospitality does have an expiration date is essentially what you're yes. telling me. Okay. That is a hundred percent. Right. Yes. <laughs> no, no. As far as Seattle, I mean, I mentioned it, you know, the inconsistencies that you see with a, a team, uh, you know, this teenager NHL team, as I like to say, I, I do think that the inconsistencies remain coupled with injuries. Uh, we've seen some pretty key players, key leaders be out either indefinitely or for the season. I mean, uh, as we're talking, it's a, it's a Tuesday. So that's a turbo Tuesday here for us. <laughs> um, but sans turbo, uh, Brandon Tanev is one of our players that's out for the yes. season. Uh, you've seen that, uh, Jaden Schwartz and Jared McCann. Those are big contributors to the offense that quite, quite honestly, I don't know if anemic is the right word, but definitely inconsistent. And so we rely heavily on those who are contributors. So that's a little bit of, of a challenge. I did mention that Grubauer, I think, has played much better. But those mm -hmm. teenage tendencies continue to bite us in in the butt. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the highs that we get from taking a lead or even getting a, a few goals up on a team are always coupled with uh, the Seattle Kraken just not quite getting into a full 60-minute groove. And I yeah. think it would be great to see the turnaround, but I think we have to err on the side of what we've seen uh, the most of. And unfortunately it's just not quite being able to finish out these games, but, and um, you know, that, that gets me thinking though, uh, it seems like Nashville's in a pretty good spot. The Seattle Kraken, I mean, Ron Francis has already been asked and has talked about what next season and free agency looks like because, of course, we're coming up on the trade deadline. So I think yes. our teams are probably in very different positions when it comes to the trade deadline. So we're going to talk about that and a mutual that we have uh, and maybe where Kelly Yarncrook falls when it comes to the trade deadline. So that is coming up next.
Anne, are you hungry? I, I get a little hungry sometimes when I do these. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm hungry pretty much all of the time. And your talk about, you know, your team being like a teenager reminds me of my 17 year old who all he wants to do is eat and eat something semi-healthy. Talk about, you know, your team being like a teenager reminds me of my 17 year old who all he wants to do is eat and eat something semi-healthy. I love that. Uh, that's I, those are good habits to have, you know. Well, they are. Mama on ice is doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, let me tell you what I did. So I we talked about this so many times. I ordered a box of the mixed flavor built bars. If you guys have not tried built bars, this is something that you really need to try. Take it from me and my very hungry 17 year old. Um, it, you can try, they have built bar puffs. If you haven't tried those, you're missing out on one so of good. their best tasting treats. So puffs good. are a protein infused marshmallow, which sounds weird, but tastes amazing. Uh, it's not just a protein bar. It's like eating a treat. They're covered in a hundred percent real chocolate. They come in great flavors. My 17 year old loves the churro. That was his favorite. Uh, new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Look, Ooh. they're all good tasting. Love the cherry. Barcia was also another yummy one. It's like a chocolate covered cherry. So good, but full of protein. Anyway, go to built.com. Just trust me on this. Use promo code locked 15. You will get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. And as I always like to say, happy snacking. <laughs> Always happy snacking. Is there an unhappy snacking? <laughs> Shouldn't be. That's not, it's like yeah. anti-snack code or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not real. Not real. Well, as always, we want to thank you for making either Locked on Predators or Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. But, uh, you know, that's not where it stops. We, we have game day previews. We have recaps. And you should definitely check out the Locked On Now podcast. So Anne, Nick, myself, other people from the Locked On NHL Network, we will get in front of a camera once again and wax poetic about how awesome our team is after a win and get really rowdy after a loss. So check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NHL game with anal analysis Excuse me, from your Locked On hosts. All right, Anne. It's time yes. to get down to it. We know that the trade deadline is coming up and on Locks on NHL, we're actually going to have those experts that we were talking about uh, give a team-by-team -team breakdown of the trade moves that potentially could happen. So when it comes to the Seattle Kraken, there are a lot of conversations about what the team is going to do, looking at who are UFAs, unrestricted free agents, who are RFAs, restricted free agents, and of course then how much money the team has to play with. I think we're, mm -hmm. our teams are in very different positions. We, brand new franchise, struggling mightily in our inaugural season. So either unloading some of these contracts um, to find the right pieces or keeping the right pieces and then figuring out uh, how to do the math. Also, as I mentioned, a mutual that we have in Callie Yarnko. Yes. And what do you think could happen potentially for Callie uh, at the trade deadline? 
Yeah, Callie Yarnkirk is one of those uh, Nashville Predators who may be gone, but he is certainly not forgotten. Uh, losing Yarnkirk to the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft really kind of rocked Nashville Predators because Callie Yarnkirk was one of those maybe not so talked about players, but his value was huge to this team and he is missed. He has not really been able to be replaced or replicated in this lineup. You know, the Predators have a good season going and they've got a lot of great things going, but there's something about Callie Yarncroak where he can kind of go in the lineup anywhere, first line, fourth line, fill in, jump in and play well. So he has been missed. And it's interesting to me that you say, you know, this is a piece that may be open to some movement because I'm just speaking for me, but Nashville would take him back like with open <laughs> arms. Like we are sorry for what we have done. We will not do it again. Mm. But Callie Yarncroak, uh, one of the pieces that I think that Nashville is perhaps open to looking for is something, somebody who can kind of help that second line scoring. And Callie Yarncroak is one of those pieces where he fits in really well. He's very well known to Nashville. So I'm, look, I'm not at all opposed to you just giving it back. Yeah, listen, eight seasons with Nashville before, mm -hmm. you know, being uh, essentially carted off to Seattle because of that pesky expansion draft. Oh. <laughs> um, we are, or I should say I'm going and I sent this over to you and I know we've, we've looked at it, but mm -hmm. I'm going off of the work that the amazing Ryan S. Clark, who is the beat writer for The Athletic uh, and covers the Seattle Kraken. Um, but talking about, you know, pending unrestricted free agents where Yarn Croak falls into that um, Marcus Johansson as well, um, Giannis Donskoy. You know, these are players where, to your point, I think Yarncroc fits that mold in doing all of the right things, even for a team that's not looking particularly great in a lot of statistical mm -hmm. categories. The Seattle Kraken need to establish a culture. And I do wonder what happens if, for example, by the 21st, you do deal a Callie Yarncroak who is is willing um, and is more than capable of doing that kind of glue work and keeping and sustaining uh, just a, a constant attack for a team. When you lose that because you're playing that numbers game, how long does that then put you out? from the ultimate goal, which we know is, of course, well, in the case of the Seattle Kraken, to just break through and make the playoffs. But then ultimately, right. every every team's looking for a championship. And you can't do that if you don't have the grinders, if you don't have the hard workers, if you don't have the people who, that have that good you know, um, vision on the ice. And so this is what I think is going to make it really difficult for the Seattle Kraken when it comes to um, – when it comes to the trade deadline and free agency, because people are noticing the record and wanting the team to perform better. And that makes total sense. But what buttons do you push thinking uh, and comparing the here and now versus what you want down the line? But I feel like it's got to be a little bit of a different scenario for Nashville um, whereas you've had that history of making the playoffs, uh, you want to get back there, but you also already have some consistency baked into the, the franchise where we have none. So how do you think Nashville is going to approach free agency um, that will come up in the offseason, but the trade deadline that's coming up later this month? 
So, so much in Nashville hinges on one name, and that is Philip Forsberg. You know, we are waiting every single day. I'm not going to lie. I wake up and I think, Lord, let this be the day that Philip Forsberg signs with the Nashville Predators again. He's in contract negotiations. His people are meeting with general manager David Poyle. David Poyle's very upfront that he would, you know, the goal is to re-sign Philip Forsberg. And I think so much about Nashville's decisions before March 21st are going to be hinging on getting Philip Forsberg signed. And if they can't come to some agreement, that is going to affect what Nashville does before the mm -hmm. 21st. So, so much hinges on Philip Forsberg. I do think that the Predators are maybe going to look for a defenseman, some sort of defensive component to kind of shore mm -hmm. up a defense that's been beaten and battered. I, I'm just saying that you all may have somebody there that Nashville's looking at. I was going to say, who are some of the other people, uh, you know, our captain, which is wild. I mean, just from like an optics perspective, I get that this is a business, but Mark Giordano has been one of the first names as, as soon yes. as we saw how, how this Seattle Kraken uh, season was, was going to go, like officially, not on paper, but like, ooh, okay, this is really happening. Um, Gio was one of the names. And again... I don't think that has anything to do with what he brings, but it has everything to do with playing the numbers game, which is is exactly yes. how we saw him in the first place. Yes. Yeah. And I think he is somebody, look, I know that Nashville has had scouts at some Seattle Kraken games. I'm curious to see who they're looking at, but I would not be surprised if Mark Giordano is somebody that Nashville is in conversation about, because I think that they're going to want to shore up a defense that is doing well, but because of injuries has some weaker spots where they could use somebody with some more experienced veteran presence. So this is one that I'm very interested to see where he, you know, if he stays, if he goes, where does Mark Giordano go? Because I think he's somebody that perhaps, perhaps Nashville might be interested in. Mm, so only time will tell. And if yeah. and when we do see some of these Kraken players make their way to Music City, you know, we're just going to have to have you back. And but that's uh, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're not quite done with this episode yet because later this week, officially, the Paralympics will kick off in Beijing, China. We've been talking about the Paralympics. We're so excited. But, and since my return, a lot has happened in the world and it has certainly impacted the hockey community. So coming up next, we're going to talk briefly just about how the hockey community has essentially responded to the conflict and the, uh, you know, the attack on the Ukraine by Russia and Honestly, how that could impact the Paralympics and, and some other things that are happening within the hockey community. So as always, we want to thank you again just for, for making us your first listen, whether it's Locked on Preds or Locked on Kraken. We're here for you every day, uh, daily podcast of your favorite NHL team. But and we have to talk about some real life stuff because, you know, you know, yes. hockey, hockey is a part of the, the greater, uh, you know, global community. And we're really seeing that in a big way. I mentioned, obviously, we had the Olympic coverage that you and I shared. We have the Paralympics coming up. But then... All of the, these two events that are supposed to be about, you know, together for a shared future, which was the motto in Beijing for the Olympics. And then we come into some real life stuff 
where we're seeing in real time a conflict, an armed conflict between Russia and the Ukraine, and it's having an impact. We've even seen that the NHL has responded. Uh, respond. This came uh, last month, February 28th. Uh, the National Hockey League condemns Russia's invasion of Ukraine and urges a peaceful resolution as quickly as possible. But then the, the, the statement went on to say that effective immediately, we are suspending our relationships with our business partners in Russia and we are pausing our Russian language social and digital media sites. Now, the first part of that, I think, makes sense. In in history, I'm a history person. Uh, we've seen divestments for wars or um, different acts of aggression. Now, right. what's new is the Russian language social and digital media sites. For me, outside of the context of sport altogether, not communicating in a specific language, I don't know that that really hits the nail on the head when it comes to advocating for um, positive humanitarian, <laughs> um, you know, exchanges yes. and peace and unity wouldn't be the first thing at the top of my list. I don't know. It feels a little bit like uh, ineffective low hanging fruit. Mm. Just, you know what I mean? Like, like here is something that we can do that makes a statement, but really I feel like you make the statement and, and I agree with you. I think, okay, taking away your social media platforms in Russian language, I'm not sure what, what sort of divestment that is in any way, except that it's an easy, I easily identified Russia associated connection but I still don't quite get it. I still yeah, don't quite get it. It's, it's a little bit weird. Uh, I know that you are a parent and I used to work in youth serving organizations. And so a conversation that we would have that you might be familiar with is you want to make sure that if there is a punishment or a consequence that it matches mm -hmm. the expectation that wasn't met. And we're not... Right. I, I don't, you know, I could be wrong because, you know, sometimes you miss a report or two, but I don't think the conflict and the invasion has very much to do with social media, just as an example, as an example. And as an, well, and unless they're concerned about some sort of Russian bot social media, so, I mean, it's really a stretch. Let's be real. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. It's and a stretch. also like the poli sci major in me had a strong reaction because that we've, had conversations uh, tangentially about the actual times that might have been a thing. And I don't know that the NHL had a statement on that. Anyway, uh, I digress. Nope. This is, uh, you know, join me on Twitter for those conversations. Unless, of course, you are looking for Russian translation, then maybe not. But can't, yeah, <laughs> just, can't uh, help you. <laughs> I know. I feel that almost like making a joke of it, but it just is so disconnected for me. But then the, the it is. Yeah. And then the other part of the statement, which I honestly don't know that I completely understand, uh, is we also remain concerned about the well-being of the players from Russia who play in the NHL on behalf of their NHL clubs and not on behalf of Russia. We understand they and their families are being placed in an extremely difficult situation. Like, I just don't know that that and not on behalf of Russia was, I don't know why... That's necessary. 
Because yeah. like, you can't, like, it, you know, uh, and we are, you know, the, the United States, it, entering the United States into any kind of chat where we're talking about nationalism is really just interesting. Um, yes. But that being said, I don't know that if the United States was banned from any activity, which to my knowledge, they've never been and have actually withdrawn from certain things mm -hmm. like, you know, United Nations and are perfectly fine. The world is perfectly fine with us just being American all over the place. Um, but it was just so weird to say like, and not on behalf of Russia. It, it, it's that piece sounds to me like the NHL wanted to disassociate their athletes from Russia on their behalf. And I just don't know that that's appropriate. You have to be very, very careful doing that. And, you know, this is something that's been talked about here in Nashville as well. We have a really fantastic young man, Yakov Trenin, who is Russian, who plays for the Nashville Predators. Great hockey player um, and very well respected here in Nashville. But I do think that you have to... I agree with you. I don't see us putting uh, American athletes in the position that we're demanding for Russian athletes. And I think that the league uh, trying to step in and almost provide cover almost makes it weirder. I know that's not a great word. Um, yeah. There's some, uh, there's just sort of a, um, it's a, it's a, look, it's a complicated and difficult situation yeah. all the way around, but I don't think the NHL stepping in and trying to circumvent hard conversations is the way to go because in a number of other situations, that's not gone well. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's not, that's not where the league needs to be spending time and effort in circumnavigating hard conversations. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, and, you know, we have to be honest, the, the league to your point, I know you alluded to this, but you and I have been on round tables for this very network where, you know, we have been forced to reconcile with how the league is or is not responding, how teams in the league right. are or are not responding to very, uh, you know, fact driven, uh, investigations and reports yes. um, that have, uh, you know, we've questioned how the league um, and specific teams have handled how people have expressed that they have not felt safe or comforted or supported, how they felt, uh, you know, unfortunately abused and have been abused yes. in a number of ways within the NHL uh, culture and environment. And so um, we are always wanting more of a conversation yes. when it comes to those things. And the, the, the statements are usually pretty tight. I just wondered if a sentence or two from this statement, and I never thought I would say this, but I just wondered if maybe a state, a, a, a sentence or two from this particular statement we could have done without. Correct. Yes. Sometimes, and, and this is, is a difficult thing to learn. And I think it's difficult for the NHL because clearly the NHL does not necessarily have a history or comfortable practice with managing um, optics and managing uh, positions effectively. Uh, but sometimes mm -hmm. saying less is, is the better thing to do until you know more. Yeah. You know, 
Who is it? Alison Krauss, right? You say it best mm-hmm. when you say nothing at all. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Just, I mean, <laughs> let's let's go. Let's go to the sage sources here. Uh, you know, yes. it doesn't get much better than than was. Is that nineties? I think it's nineties, right? Yes. 90s. Oh, yes. Nineties music is the oh, truth, yes. truly. Um, so yes. Um, I did want to have that conversation with you, and and I think it's important. Um, to because it has entered the periphery of the the National Hockey League. But the other reason I wanted to mention it is because I know that we have covered, uh, as we talked about, um, international ice hockey competitions, and I know that we will continue to talk about the Paralympics as they kick off in Beijing. But another thing is that the IOC, as we speak, is deciding whether they're going to or in what ways they're going to allow Russian athletes to compete. And I wonder, you know, as we're gearing up for the Paralympics, I'll be honest with you, I'm constantly refreshing my browser and reaching out to some of the people that I'm in communication with, with regards to the Paralympics and just saying, you know, hey, just checking in, because this is a conversation that's being had. And it's not nothing, especially in relationship to sled hockey. The Russia Paralympic Committee team took the bronze medal at Worlds in 2021. This is a team that very much could upset an apple cart in what is supposed to be a presumptive USA-Canada gold medal match. This is not um, a peripheral team when it comes to competition. And, you know, I I feel for the athletes because I know, you know, just watching Team USA and and being around the Paralympic sled hockey community, these teams work for years for this. Um, And so it's, it is heavy. And I don't know, I wonder, there's a part of me that wonders how much of that cloud that you referenced from the Olympics with the ice skating, if any of that is going to sway a decision one way or the other, you know? So I'm really uh, waiting with bated breath as of the time of this recording, we still don't have an official word, but um, waiting to see kind of if there's going to be some sort of ban or repercussion for these athletes. And you know what, look, it's, it's just tough. I mean, that that's an yeah. understatement. I guess we'll have to see. Um, either way, Anne, I do hope to have you back for some conversations about the Paralympics. And um, we'll, we'll talk about all of the news as it relates uh, to the sled hockey tournament. Um, it's, again, uh, the Seattle Kraken, or it's Kraken Day in Seattle, I should say, officially 3-2-22 2022. Uh, I don't know though. I think Nashville might come in and, and spoil, uh, spoil the party. And that would be the last game for the Seattle Kraken until they go on the road for five. So, and as always, thank you so much. Love what you and Nick are doing over at locked on Preds. And, uh, I can't say I'm rooting for you tonight, <laughs> but I understand. And the feeling is mutual. The love is, is mutual. The good luck in all your other games is mutual exactly. as well. Exactly. <laughs> and hey, we'll see we're see we'll see uh what happens with with Callie and Gio cuz uh you That's know That's right. We we might uh come next season have to talk about a revenge tour for them or some other Kraken players. <laughs> Very true. You never know in the next three weeks what's going to happen in the NHL.
You never know. But that's why you always make Locked on Predators and Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. And now that you have given us our clicks over on our YouTube page and wherever you get podcasts, and these, of course, are 100% free for you as listeners, now it's time for you to head over to the Locked on fantasy hockey podcast where steel Roden and flip Livingstone will help you become an expert in your fantasy league. I definitely should have tuned in to this podcast before I entered the black girl hockey club fantasy league because not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know where to go now. I do. I do. I mean, and also like I did an auto I thought that I did an auto select and you can kind of say like, nah, maybe let's not have these players. Needless to say, um, those did not take because Evander Kane was one of those players for me. Um, and speaking of news cycle, did Asima Mans got suspended indefinitely again? Like, okay, bro, what's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Some things are too shocking for one episode. I mean, you know, but we're going to keep it to fantasy. If if nothing mm -hmm. else, you are ruining my fantasy league of energy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, more to come uh, from all of us here at the Locked On NHL channel. Again, make sure you're checking out all of our nows. And uh, like we like to say at Locked On Kraken, we'll see you tomorrow.